Hello, everybody. Jeff Mason uh, with SimpleBiz360.com. Coming to you with our 15th podcast episode. I can't believe we're at 15 already. Alex Dietrich on the boards. Jeff Mason here on the mic. Mason Vaughn Letbetter on the intro. Great job. We're coming to you from STL, ST Lewis Podcast.com. That's St. Louis Podcast.com from the beautiful Archway City out here in the Midwest. So we're going to talk today about five tools. We're going to dip into the expectations chapter. We do have Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful making an appearance again. We'll, we'll, we'll bring them in a little later, but we're going to be diving into the expectations chapter to talk about tools six through 11. And here's what they are. It's communicate expectations to customers, carry those expectations to customers, laminate those expectations, display them on your website, and meet or exceed those expectations if you can do that. So why do we talk about expectations? You know, it's, it's one of the main chapters in the book. And, and again, going back to that eight drawer concept in a, in a tool drawer, tool uh, chest, it's the first drawer. Why is it the first drawer? Because uh, so much of, the, of my business experience has looked at and analyzed problems in business and tried to determine why, why did things happen that way? Why did things go that way? What could we have done differently? And so many times I discovered that it was either the result of poorly um, stated expectations or the lack of expectations altogether. So the customers didn't know what to expect. And the company had nothing to gauge itself against, so it was kind of just willy-nilly. It was just flopping around, and it just uh, it, it was poor execution, and when I really look back on it, it, it needed to be talked about. So expectations are something that um, is a foreign object to a lot of you, and again, if you want to be those 8 out of 10 people in your competition field that just blend in with each other and do the same old, same old, great, go ahead. If you want to be two, those, that 20% that stands out, and you, you have a leg up on your competition because you're doing things a little differently, please embrace expectations. If you go to this book, Simple Biz 360, you go to pages 36 through 37, I believe it is. Yes, it is 36 through 37, and you're to take a peek at that. And if you don't have the book, please, 1895, my gosh, it's just it's going to pay dividends for decades. Just grab it and, and have it there as a tool on your shelf, your bookshelf in your office. But if you go to these pages, I put there what if, – if I was a deck builder, this would be my list of expectations that I would present to a customer. In written form, I'd carry around 25 copies of them with me in my car or my truck. And I'd laminate one of those copies so that I could always pull that laminated copy out when I'm with a prospect or with a potential customer talking about a job, pricing out a job. And I'd show them, hey, here are my expectations. Here's, um, here's how I operate. And then take your customer through that with that laminated, uh, you know, that laminated piece. If you go onto my website, simplebiz360.com, and you go to the program tab, and you pull down the program tab, you'll see I have surfing, snorkeling, and scuba diving. Those are my coaching programs, right? And if you click on to each one of those, I lay out the expectations expectations by day, what you can expect if you want to invest in that program. And I do that so you have a clear understanding up front of what, what you're getting, what it is. And as customers, put yourself in the customer's shoe. Remember going back to one of the first episodes, seeing things, seeing your company, your products and services through the lens of customers, 
do that for a second and, and you'll understand the importance and the significance of building quality expectations that you can live up to. Now, if you can meet or exceed those expectations like so many successful businesses have and continue to do on a daily basis, you'll even be better off. But, you know, put them out there, live up to them, make that your hallmark, be two be one of those two of the 10 competitors, not one of the eight. And man, oh man, you'll, you'll love this whole, uh, you'll love the benefits of those expectations. Let's go back to Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. Remember them uh, from a couple episodes back? Remember how they worked for a factory and we had those 1,700 garments that were a problem? Well, one of the things I did, and uh, before I tell you what I did, actually, I, I want them to speak a little bit. Here's Mrs. Wonderful. You're right. We don't need directions. Maybe you'll find a shortcut. Yeah, you know how men are. We, we don't need directions, right? Mr. Wonderful, remember this is the compliant couple that worked for the factory. Mr. Wonderful. Can't your mother stay another week? Uh, can't mom stay another week? You know, these guys are great. They're going to appear once in a while for us. I just get a kick out of them. But, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful worked for the factory, right, that I worked for. As, as, I was an executive vice president with the company. And, and when we had those 1,700 garments that had been ignored for nine months and the 500 upset customers, the dealers, and the 1,700 upset police professionals, law enforcement professionals, right, <clears throat> what did I decide to do? I sent a letter out to the 500 dealers. Remember the little bear, the bear uniform company? Well, there's 499 other dealers there. I sent a letter out to all of them. And I said to them that within 90 days, we will clear up all these back-ordered units. I apologize for this inconvenience. The new sheriff in town, we're going to do things differently here. We're going to get this taken care of for you. And I sent that letter out to him. And then I promised him in that letter at the 45-day mark, I'd send him another report card. And at the 45-day mark, I did another mass mailing letter to those 500 businesses. And we were 82% cleaned up. We had 18% left to go. And at the 90-day mark, I sent out a final letter. And I think we ended up at the 90-day mark. I think we're at about 96%. We weren't better than that. But I want to tell you an interesting observation out of that, and I want you just to listen to this because this is the most important piece of this puzzle. Not one of those 500 dealers ever thanked me. Think about that. Why did they not thank me? Because they were, they were upset and they were ticked off beyond really repair, honestly. They didn't care that I did that. That was what we were supposed to do nine months ago. I was just delivering on something that was promised nine months ago. There's no reason to thank me, no reason on God's green earth to thank me for that because we failed. So, so, so you're the new sheriff in town, so you came and cleaned up. So I want you to think about that because, again, I say I don't need empirical data to sit here and talk to you about helpful things that can, can help your business. I really don't. To me, that's empirical enough. I, had five, I was waiting for that email that came in. Thanks so much, Jeff, for being the new sheriff in town and taking care of things, blah, blah, blah. Never, never. I don't have one to share with you. I didn't get any. So when customers get mad, they hold on to it for a long, long, long time. Remember that. So if you upset customers and you don't deliver good customer-pleasing service, oh, they'll remember that for a long time. Will they give you credit for doing things right? Very rarely. Will they give you credit for cleaning up problems? 500 problems, folks. None. Zero. Goose eggs. So you just think about that. That's the power of doing business wrong. 
you want to be four of those or eight of those 10 competitors that do that that way, go right ahead. You, you don't deliver on your goods for nine months and you get all those unhappy customers. Go right ahead. I want you to be one of those two. All right? I want you to be the 20% that stands out and does things right. And we're trying to help you through this. So go into the tool section. I mean, folks, buy the book. I mean, it's 1895. It's nothing in the scheme of life, right? And it's got so many benefits in here. But tools 6 through 11, you know, write your expectations. Communicate the expectations to customers. Carry 25 copies with you. Laminate a copy so that it stays in your briefcase or your bag or your truck or your car. You take it on planes, you go with it, and it never gets all wrinkled and ripped up and goofy looking. You know, it just stays nice, right? And then put it on the website. Put it out there. Let them know. I mean, if your competition's going to steal it, you know what? If you deliver on it, they're probably not. So even if they steal it from you, they're not going to deliver on it. You have to deliver on it. And try to exceed those expectations uh, rather than just meet them. And we give an example here, Sam Walton, right? Walmart. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> that's what he was built on. He loved that whole idea. So, you know, again, six uh, chapter expectations, the first, first tool drawer in the tool chest. There you go. Lost in the shuffle track for the day. Um, again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work into the American bands later down the road, but we're still talking about the British Invasion type guys. But if you look at Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck was with the Yardbirds, and uh, he had started there, and he traveled around the Europe and, and England with some bands. Great guitarist, you know, if, very much the uh, authenticator of reverberation, I believe, and he really played a, played a role in, in advancing guitar sounds and doing strange things with the guitar. Um, and cool things with the guitar. But he teamed up with two guys from Vanilla Fudge and Cactus, and he teamed up with Carmen Apice and uh, Tim Bogart, and he put together a, a couple albums, uh, Beck, Bogart, and Apice. And I, you know, I heard the tune, they covered the tune Superstition. Remember Stevie Wonder's Superstition? They covered this tune, and I mean, I, it floored me when I heard it back in high school in 1974. Check it out. Beck, Bogart, and Apathy, Superstition, you'll love it. Take the three-wide challenge. What is it? It's just saying, yeah, 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 to response, follow-up, and follow-through. Remember, follow-through is different than follow-up. Remember to do that, all right? And just hold on to your profitability. Hold on to that sand, please. We're all about that here. We want you to do that. We want you to keep pleasing customers. This book is nothing but customer-pleasing. Not a how-to-get-rich book, not a sales book. It's, it's how to please customers is what it is. And keep the shiny side up when you're driving. Be safe out there. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.